welcome to Extraordinary Ability with your host, Candace Ackerman. Every episode celebrates foreign nationals with extraordinary abilities who qualify for O-1, EB-1, and IW visas. Learn how you may qualify, especially if you have been denied other U.S. visas. You can find this show on YouTube, LinkedIn, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and on www.visalawpros.com. Now here's the host of Extraordinary Ability, Candace Ackerman. Hello, everyone. I'm Candace Ackerman, founder and managing attorney of visalawpros.com. And today we have a very special guest who I'd like to introduce herself and tell us where she's from. And then we will explore her unique area of extraordinary ability together. Hi, everyone. My name is Ari Farchi, and I'm originally from Guatemala. Yay. So we have our first Spanish speaker, native Spanish speaker on the show. (laughs) Thank you so much. And um, Ari's area of extraordinary ability is that she is a carbon asset market development specialist, which is a mouthful. That's why I said it slowly. (laughs) Um, so Ari, please explain to the viewers, what does that mean? Of course. So as Candace said, it's a mouthful, but to break <laughs> that down a little bit, I work within the voluntary carbon market, um, facilitating investments from private sector, public sector, and companies into different projects that create carbon reductions or removals, therefore helping mitigate um climate change and the carbon emissions of whoever is investing in these projects. So this is a very trendy area, which is in part why I wanted to have you on the show, just because it's super interesting. Please tell us, you know, before we started working together and discussing the options for you in your case, tell us a little bit about some of the fun projects you did either at home or elsewhere uh, around the world that Um, garnered you the reputation of a specialist in this particular area? Definitely. So I've been working for a while in the sustainability and environmental space. From when I was an undergrad, I specialized in, I did a business degree with a specialization in environmental studies. Um, All of my internships were geared towards sustainability. I even wound up one summer developing a complete carbon reduction plan for one of the companies I interned for, measuring their carbon footprint, calculating where their emissions were coming from, and planning how to reduce them. When I started working in the space of environmental finance, I discovered a fantastic niche in the voluntary carbon market. Um, And what I do in this space is collaborate with developers of carbon projects and buyers of carbon projects to facilitate the investment or purchase of credits and the type of projects that I work with are very much on an international scale. I work within the U.S. I work a lot in Latin America. We also work in Southeast Asia and Africa, um, helping finance climate action through carbon offsets. Amazing. So bottom line, you are super cool, but... <laughs> That is not sufficient to satisfy immigration about your extraordinary ability. There is, you know, a legal standard. Tell us and the viewers, how did it come to be that we worked together? How did you find me? What are the circumstances that gave rise to you needing to contact me? Or wanting to contact me? 
Um, so after graduating, I had one year of OPT. And with my company, they were fantastic. They sponsored me for an H-1 visa, but we ended up not getting the lottery. It was a really tough year. Um, actually, no one I know got the lottery that year. Um, and it was a really scary moment, especially because I just had one year of OPT. And the career, the space in which I'm in, there's a lot of work to be done in Guatemala, but I didn't think there were as many opportunities for me at that moment. So I really wanted to stay here and develop myself professionally. And I feel like the rug just got pulled from under me. Um, I was crying in a park with my boyfriend because I was really stressed. And he told me, don't worry. I just heard of an amazing lawyer. Her name's Candace. She does fantastic work and she can help you find alternative ways to get a work visa that's not the H1 that you're qualified for that will allow you to continue practicing and like developing yourself professionally in the US. And that's how I found Candace. Amazing. So just to fill some people in who may not be so technically in the know about some of these letters that came up, OPT, H, lottery. So OPT stands for Optional Practical Training. When somebody is a graduate from a degree-bearing program in the United States, as incident to the individual's student visa status, oftentimes the individual will apply for and qualify for having one year. It's called Optional Practical Training, OPT, wherein you're allowed to uh, be employed with any employer as long as it's in the genre of your field of study. And in fact, you're obligated to be employed within a certain amount of time within by within your graduation period so that you maintain that F1 student visa OPT status. But after a year, unless you're in a STEM field, which is science, technology, engineering, or mathematics, which you can have OPT, you're eligible to apply for extensions for up to three years. If you're not in a STEM field, your OPT period usually lasts one year. And during that time, many people try to transition from their F1 OPT status to H1B, which is for people in a specialty occupation where your bachelor's degree is a prerequisite for performing the job duties. And there is a lottery for those who have never held H-1B status before to limited to 65,000 spots. And uh, you have to apply for this lottery, register for it now in advance. And if you are not pre-selected uh, to apply for an H-1 based on being selected under the lottery system, you cannot then submit an application or petition for H-1 status. So you have to wait till the following year, or maybe you feel like the rug is being pulled under you because you don't know what happens next when your one year runs out and you're not STEM. It's like you need to find a way to stay and remain in the United States and work if that's what you're hoping to do. But uh, how do you get from you know the end of OPT to being able to stay? And so this is a very common scenario that happens a lot because of the limitation of H-1B numbers and how few people actually do get selected these days. Um, and so this is a common paradigm that I hear a lot where I don't necessarily hear about the crying in a park bit, but, <laughs> but they come to me very anxious and nervous and hoping to find a solution. And many times, unbeknown to the individual, um, there may very well be an alternative option, which is what the, you know, part of the purpose of this podcast is to showcase people who may not think that they qualify for an O, but turns out that they do. So um, this is a good opportunity. I mean, you did briefly mention, but when, what was your experience like working with me as we were brainstorming the options? Can you, do you recall, you know, uh, what are 
consultation conversation without getting into too many details or you know particulars that may not be interesting to people. What were some of the highlights in terms of you learning that there might be an option that you didn't think existed before through our conversation? Definitely. So when I first read about the O, it seemed very specialized to like performing artists or people with Emmys and Grammys, um, which I don't have. Um, but I remember speaking with Candice and she really walked me through the process of what the requirements are for an O. And even though I thought my job, my area of expertise is a lot more analytical, um, working in finance, Candice really helped me realize and highlight what the more creative aspects of my job are um, and help me work through how we can utilize those and highlight those to, to allow me to qualify and eventually, thank God, get a no. Excellent. So I'm not going to get into too many technical details of my special sauce, but we have mentioned on the show before that there are two kinds of O categories. O1A is for people with extraordinary ability in the sciences, business, athletics, or education. And O1B is for people who have prominence in the arts. And as it turns out, you know, you can have the statutory regs side by side, and it could very well be that an individual may qualify under both or one or the other. And so I like to think creatively and out of the box. And so one practice note here is that uh, whereas the the occupational genre of the of Ari's employer, you could say, or you could argue, um, you know, evokes more of an atmosphere of business and analytic, analytical um, job duties and the environment and atmosphere is more, and you would maybe uh, think would be more in the O1A space, it really it turns out that eligibility really turns on the job duties and the function of the individual. So even if you're working in an investment firm, if your particular job duties involve ones that are creative in nature, where you design, create, or develop anything, it could very well be that it's worth examining whether the O1B categories apply to you. And so that's a sort of skeptical note that I get often or feedback that I get often. Well, isn't that just for people who are painters and artists? I mean, the statute says artists, you know, but really it's defined as any field of a creative endeavor. So, um, that's always interesting to explore. And uh, many people that I've worked with, uh, unbeknown to them, qualified either for O1A or O1B. And, and then that's just a consultation to determine which um, which option makes more sense as a strategy practice pointer. Um, so thank you for sharing that with us, Ari. And tell us a little bit now, perhaps, you know, since we were successful with your case, um, what are the things that, aside from... Um, you know, being able to continue to stay and live and work here, um, some things that have brought in your professional horizons or the things that you're hoping or looking to do now that you are comfortably holding O1 status. Definitely. So when I started working here, I was very much focused in the voluntary carbon market. And actually, my company had a very well-developed network within the U.S., covering all different environmental commodities are very well established and very well renowned. But when we started tapping into the voluntary market, we expanded, as, as I mentioned earlier, to operate internationally and to work with all different continents. Um, and since receiving my own one, I've been able to further develop my work and leverage 
that international expansion to work not only within the voluntary carbon market, but also in international renewable energy certificates, um, as well as starting to work in renewable fuels in Latin America, which is really exciting. Very good. And would you have any advice other than, you know, telling people to contact me, which is not the aim of this question? <laughs> would you have any advice for people who are, you know, coming up on graduating or they're in their OPT period now and they don't want to go cry in a park, but they want some guidance or consolation from somebody like you who's safely on the other side of their concerns or fears? What kind of advice would you give to you know, other students, foreign national students who are perhaps similarly situated um, to you and uh, who are you know a bit anxious about the process? What kind of advice would you give to these Definitely. Students? Um, there's always options. So even when it feels like the rug's being pulled out from under you, there, there's always going to be options. I'm going to say this because I say this to anyone who asks, Candace is fantastic. She really <laughs> helped present me with all the different options that were available and we chose the best path forward. There's different visas that you've never heard of. I'd never heard of the O1 that you can apply for. If you're Mexican or Canadian, like there's different options there as well. Um, you can always go back to school and study. So like, it's, it's okay to be anxious. It's okay to be nervous, but just know that there's options and give yourself the grace and the time to explore those before you give up. I love that. Very inspiring. And also it is very case by case. So just because I was successful with many people doesn't necessarily mean that every person has a case. You have to examine each situation anew on the merits. It doesn't have to do with where you're from. Um, I don't believe that the officers at immigration are prejudiced, you know, based on any nationality. It doesn't matter where you are from or uh, what you've studied necessarily um, as to whether or not you meet the criteria either for O1A or O1B, but uh, it's worth examining it if you feel like you're out of options, and it could very well be that this option applies to you or not, but you have to look at each case as an individual um, on the merits. So um, with that, I think that we touched on the highlights of the purpose of this episode, which is to show a practice pointer of a common scenario, to show that the OMB candidates and successful cases come from all over the globe, all backgrounds, all age groups, and uh, it could just because you're a recent graduate also doesn't necessarily mean that you wouldn't qualify. I've had people who are at a nation stage of their career or more seasoned in the field or transitioning from one career path to another. So as I said, it's always worth ex examining each situation on a case-by-case -case basis, but it could very well be that uh, when you didn't believe, when you felt you were out of all kinds of options, that uh, maybe there is an alternative that is appropriate for you. So just want to take the opportunity to say thank you so much, Ari, uh, for taking time out to be on my podcast today and to show the viewers and the YouTube visitors who will see this show drop later um, that um, O1 candidates are varied and diverse and uh, all interesting, all extraordinary in his or her, her own way, including you. And thank you so much for your time today. Thank you, Candace. It's a pleasure. You've been tuning into Extraordinary Ability with your host, Candace Ackerman. Learn how you may qualify for O1, EB1, NIW visas 
especially if you have been denied other U.S. visas. Please visit www.visalawpros.com to contact us and for other episodes. Thank you for your positive feedback, comments, questions, and for sharing this show with others.